You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you can join us. Welcome. We're here today with Dr. Netta Joya. Dr. Joya is the owner of Integrative Vision in Shrewsbury, New Jersey. And we're joined by Rebecca Treen, a member of the class of 2026 at SUNY Optometry. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Marjolaine. Thanks for having me. Rebecca, tell us a little bit first about how you became interested in ocular nutrition. Yeah, so my interest in nutrition and my interest in optometry were very independent, but they've more recently become codependent as I've studied more optometry and I've really enriched my knowledge in nutrition throughout my undergraduate degree in life sciences at Queen's University and now optometry school at SUNY. Um, It is miraculous how you can look at someone's eye and really get a sense of their overall health by just seeing how their blood flow in their retina and um, just getting the case history from a patient is just, it tells a lot about someone's overall health when you can see it into their eye. Now, what I love is that here you are starting still relatively early in your optometry school career, and you have connected yourself uh, with, with Dr. Joya, which is uh Fabulous. What a what a lucky thing to to find somebody whose interest is is aligned. I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Joya in October um, at an event called Networking with the Doctors. And I was fascinated by how she integrates nutrition into her practice. And I very coincidentally got to re-encounter um, her again in February when I was working on um, an innovator award for my school to collaborate nutrition and optometry. And a classmate of ours was like, hey, my boss is really interested in nutrition and optometry. And I was trying to find a way to maybe reach out to Dr. Joya and get her input on my innovator award. And sure enough, this classmate's boss was Dr. Joya. So it was like all the stars aligned to connect with her again. And I really valued her input. The amount of acceptance that I get or have gotten over the years with even talking about nutritional aspects of healthcare has always been kind of tilted um, with some of the younger population. So it was actually intriguing in my patient base. And obviously that converts into the students now or some of the young ODs. They're, they've been exposed to more things than we, well, I had when I was younger because I didn't have social media access. Um, the internet was non-existent and we didn't actually feed information to the general population about nutrition as easily as we can now. I think having students reach out to me, um, like Rebecca, who not only enjoy nutrition, but actually want to be proactive with their career path is validating, quite frankly, um, because that's what I want to do. I want to intrigue and inspire uh, young ODs and current, you know, ODs in my, you know, after 15 years of practice, et cetera, but to to even elevate it more. Um, So it's exciting because I know they'll probably do a better job at it it than I would. Um, And I know that there's value there because I'm living it 
day by day in clinic. And um, it just feels good, to be quite honest. It also seems like the resources might be a little bit easier to find now than they were when you were searching for them. That is absolutely true. Um, nutrition, integrative medicine, uh, alternative medicine has become much more mainstream and much more accessible where we can find certifications, we can find recommendations at the tip of our you know, fingers. And I didn't have that, but I researched it. I searched for it when I was ready. And I, I always said, if, if it was available to me a little bit easier, would I have started even earlier? Probably. So now I have to, you know, try to push that and offer this type of vision in optometry to the general students. And some of them might actually enjoy it and want to go further into it. So Rebecca is a great, great example of that. Rebecca, are you an anomaly among your classmates? Um, I would say my passion for it is maybe a um, bit on the higher end of the, my class where I'm always advocating nutritional healthy lifestyles and I'm not only advocating it in optometry but in my daily life. And I do have classmates that have taken interest into nutrition or will ask me uh, questions about it, but I'm not, I'm certainly not the only person with even background knowledge in nutrition. I know uh, some of my classmates have majored or minored into nutrition, have taken exercise science, or at least have a foundation of, or a fundamental knowledge of nutrition courses from previous undergrad degrees. How surprising would that have been in your uh, optometry school experience, Dr. Joya? Actually, I just uh, had a mini reunion and my classmate, she was, she did her general schooling in nutrition back then, but she was a rarity. It was not common at all. Um, you know, we, we discussed being healthy here and there, but it wasn't as much of a forefront um, option for us or even conversation. I was definitely not as healthy in optometry school as I am now <laughs> in terms of what I do. But that's that's the representation, not just at SUNY. I think we're seeing this. I mean, I know a lot of other schools are having that, um, that type of access or the desire uh, much more than when I was a student. What what do you think changed? I mean, I know you mentioned social media and and access to information through through the internet, but either of you, do you have a sense of what else is is sort of pushing this bigger interest in in nutrition and and well being? Yeah, I think overall health and wellness is becoming more and more valued, and longevity. Everyone wants a long, happy life, free of disease, but the way that that's starting to get recognized is preventing medicine like Dr. Joya was talking about. And nutrition is one of those pillars that can help prevent diseases. It's not the only one, but it's definitely a contributing factor to how you can stay healthy and have a longer life and enjoy it. And I know even since I graduated high school and through going through undergrad and now in optometry school, something that's always advocated is mental health. And eating well does wonders for your mental health. So I think advocating a healthy 
physical and mental well-being is uh, somewhere where that nutrition intersects and it really speaks volumes when you eat well. Yeah, I want to add to that. Um, we are a sick population. We're not getting healthier. We're getting sicker. It's chronic. Uh, it's younger. You know, now it's not rare to have somebody at a younger age uh, fighting cancer, autoimmune, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and the question is, how can we help mitigate those things, right? Um, and as healthcare providers, People put trust into our recommendations. And speaking to my husband about this the other day, he's also in healthcare. And how I flip it is that patient is giving us their time. We're giving them our time. They're giving us their time. Let's make that time valuable and let's actually inspire them, support them. And nutritional counseling is different than just knowing what nutrition is. So it becomes a different different conversation piece when we want to implement it in clinic because it's not just the facts of being healthy. If we ran by the facts, everybody would be healthy. It's the delivering. It's, as Rebecca was saying, speaking about, uh, about other aspects of that patient's life, whether it be emotional stress, other aspects of their difficulty to change. It is psychological. There's a lot more to it than just giving a piece of paper of a to-do list. And that's why we have a sick system. And as healthcare providers, we have to start thinking, are we going to help push the needle the other way or keep it the way it is? And um, the more students we teach about nutrition and integrating lifestyle medicine into the conversation with the patients, or even knowing what outlets to give them, the better we can serve our patients to prevent chronic health conditions. How do you create the time to work on this with patients, to talk about this so that it isn't just uh, here are the six things that you know you better part of a healthy diet, but to, to really kind of become that counselor? Yes, and that's a great word. The whole way, the journey of that patient is slightly different with what questions I ask typically. But also, there is an element of trust from the very beginning. Making a patient or allowing them to put their guard down to actually fulfill that conversation and for them to trust you in, in your recommendations is number one. And that's just a delivery and that's learning. And that's, and I learned a lot of that in my nutritional um, education as to how to speak to someone, not just as a healthcare provider, but more like a health coach. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that starts the feeling of that trust to talk about what's keeping them from you know, going forward or issues. And no, I can't counsel everyone. Some people I can't counsel, but I, but I am so well-versed in the community that now I know where to send them to, who to talk to. If, if there's things that I can provide in conjunction with uh, my health coach team, or if I need to find services for them outside, or literally just plant a seed. Sometimes it's a, a seed planting. Something's wrong. I know you're not ready right now. And it's okay. You have to be ready to some degree. And 
right. just allowing them to accept that, sometimes they just circle back when they're ready. And, you know, Dr. G, I, I want to talk about that stuff that you were telling me about. I, I, I was thinking about it and I spoke to it about my, with my husband or whatever. It doesn't work with every patient because they're not ready in their journey, but allowing them to even have access to it is huge. Do you find yourself talking with your classmates, Rebecca, about nutrition? I do. And I even think when we have a luncheon at school and it's a free lunch and there's pizza coming in, you hear everyone go, yay, free pizza. And But by the second or third lunch, especially if it's in a row and there's pizza, people are going, oh my gosh, like it's free food, but it's pizza. And you're going... I don't want to eat pizza. Like I really want to eat like my body's craving vegetables or something healthy or sustainable because you get out at three o'clock and you're hungry again. And I think that kind of goes to show too that we all want to eat well or when we're learning about it in class, it gives us that motivation to eat better because if we're really going to practice what we preach and we are trying to help patients be the healthiest version of themselves. It's really got to start with us too. So I believe that a lot of my classmates would definitely make the push if they're not actively doing it, that they want to eat healthier or find the time. And as a student, I get that that can be challenging. We see a diverse range of patients at SUNY Optometry. And um, I believe that most communities have a very wide array of patient care and the social determinants of health will always play a factor. But like Dr. Joy said, taking your patient into consideration and giving them that level of support and those suggestions on how to make themselves their healthiest version of themselves, even if that's integrating micro changes. I think every person and certainly all the students here are looking for that too. And how can we do that to provide that to our future patients? What model do you think might work for this to become more widespread in optometry, Dr. Joya, you have an integrative health practice. So you have set aside time or you do set aside time Mm -hmm. with patients for nutritional counseling and nutritional conversations. But is it sustainable or or feasible to, to kind of work some nutrition into ordinary patient encounters? That's a great question. I think there's, so, you know, you can always dabble in that because all even your primary care who might have only five minutes with you might say eat healthier just those words but again that doesn't really spark change typically um what i have is more of a test model i did it for myself i did it to prove that it's conceptually accepted by patients it's not odd to them um that was my goal and the secondary arm of that is this is great, but we don't need everyone to do this. You know, I get asked, do you, you know, other special subspecialties in eye care? And I don't do those things because I don't have the time, right? Mm-hmm. But what if we had a Rebecca who was within a multidisciplinary practice, right? Um, and we had another Rebecca in a different practice and another Rebecca in another practice, right? Mm-hmm. So that's more of what is possible where we don't have to have every doctor have a well-versed nutritional education right now, because that is going to be a very high demand, but we can start where 
if there are interested doctors or candidates to expand their knowledge in nutrition and actually get certified, well, um, well-machined uh, uh, instruction from high-level uh, schools and really be confident with their recommendations, why can't we bring that upon different um, practices? Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. Uh, we're, we're seeing more and more group practices. This, for me, is just kind of like a stepping stone of seeing what it can be in, let's just say, five to 10 years, where we start replicating and providing knowledge as to how to install it into a practice and put that model within a practice versus the practice being only nutrition-centric. That's a great point. You know, obviously that's that's a long road, but as long as there's Rebecca's out there who are interested, that's planting a seed for the next and the next. And that would be a beautiful thing because now you you can actually, somebody can actually say, hey, within a practice, you know, if you want to know more about that, I can refer you to my colleague, Rebecca, who is well trained in um, nutritional counseling, et cetera. So um, mm-hmm. I do see that as the way that it's going to change, at least initially. Yeah. And what Dr. Joy was saying about uh, integrating that into multidisciplinary practices is interprofessional collaboration in healthcare can really go a long way to really increase the quality of care that we can provide to our patients. So having these services like Dr. Joya with her integrative vision is so beneficial and it might not hit every patient's peak interest, but it's going to make a huge impact on so many or those micro changes that do lead to those huge impacts. And the way her model of practice is working is really tailored to every patient. Like you would walk out of her office and you'd feel cared for because it's not the basic eye exam that you would go to in anyone's office. It's really paying attention to you and how to optimize your health. The Ocular Wellness and Nutrition Society, it wasn't around as part of your optometric education. No. And I, and I originally had to search for it because at that point I already had a certification in nutrition just for my own self-care, dig a little bit to even find it. And when I found it, I was floored that it even existed and then got, you know, very much involved uh, even more so into to implementing nutrition in, into the optometric setting. But that kind of gave me even more of a um, validation that there's other docs like me, <laughs> you know, Um And, you know, it just, it made me feel that I'm on the right path and it makes me feel the society is on the right path too, with changes in, in healthcare and where, you know, they were really visionaries when it first started. And now we, we need to expand that vision even more so and give access to education and whatnot to uh, students of optometry and optometrists that are looking for it. So it, I, I really, really, really am happy to be a part of the own society because the mission is really, really big. And it's fun, I think, for both of you to, to find, you know, students who, who have this interest, colleagues who have this interest, uh, and Rebecca, for you and your classmates, mentors potentially who, who have this interest too. 
Absolutely. People like Dr. Joya um, really inspire students to find that niche or find their particular interest. And it was amazing seeing uh, a whole bunch of students come together when Dr. Joya did present through the public health club at our school and introduce what she does in practice and just kind of reiterate what we do learn in our day-to-day didactic courses and what we see in clinic, how important that notion is that nutrition and wellness as a whole uh, really needs to be addressed in all aspects of health. Going back to the presentation I gave for SUNY, I actually didn't expect many students to show up. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was, border, it was a holiday and, and the room was fairly packed. And, you know, it's, it's quite interesting how the demand is shifting very quickly to how do we bring this into our career path? Not because we're optometrists, but because we're healthcare providers. We offer health advice, and that goes hand in hand with lifestyle medicine, which is basically the way that we can mitigate a lot of chronic health diseases. So it's not, you know, um, an optometry conversation. It's a all healthcare conversation at this point, and we see that with initiatives in the White House, with the NIH, personalized nutrition funding. I mean, it's it's happening. So optometry has to be a part of this shift as a whole, um, as other healthcare providers are also looking into advocating uh, health and wellness into general healthcare. So we're a part of the team, and sometimes we're a big part of that team for the for the patient. So if we have some knowledgeable doctors with good fundamental nutritional counseling um, abilities, just think how much change we can we can help with. Um, so it was nice being with the students. They gave me some some nice young energy that day to <laughs> to keep going and trying to get some nutrition education into the schools. And um, I think that's the road that will will really make me happy. Exactly. And Dr. Joya, truthfully, I think so many students came because this answers uh, Marjolyn's earlier question that when we came to your presentation, I know like I have an interest in nutrition, but Marjolyn, you were asking if my classmates are interested in nutrition or if that's a topic that we talk about. It certainly is. And we see Dr. Joya as not only a mentor, but a teacher, and we respect her as a healthcare professional that we want to learn from her and we want to hear her presentation because maybe it will help our life and may help our future patient care. But it's those students that were there taking that extra step to take the initiative to advance optometry and advance their professional healthcare careers. Dr. Joya, Rebecca, Trine, thank you both so much. It's uh, exciting to hear how there's this this pathway forward to make nutritional counseling uh, a more integral part of of healthcare and especially with eye care. Thank you, Marjolyn, for having us and um, showing that connection to an old timer like myself and a youngin like Rebecca. That um, this this path will be passed down to the optometry students sooner than later. Yes, thank you so much for this opportunity. And thank you, Dr. Joya, for giving me the ropes to nutrition and optometry. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again on WO Voices. If you'd like to be a guest on the series, please send us an email at wovoicesonline at gmail.com, through our website at womeninoptometry.com, through Facebook at WO Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.